The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Hallelujah. While you're standing, take your Bible or your phone or your tablet, whatever you do to use to read the Word of God, hold it against your heart and pray with me. Say, this is God's Holy Word. It was given and inspired by the Spirit. It came on holy men of old. And they spoke. And afterwards it was written. Now Holy Spirit... Will you come upon me as I read and as I listen? And may that same inspiration bring life and light to your word. May it come alive. May it be full of revelation. And as as I read this morning, give me eyes of seeing, ears of hearing, heart of understanding. And let the fullness... Of every promise be made mine in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted, Amen. Amen. High five somebody as you sit down. And uh, we're ready to go this morning. Wow, what an awesome, awesome first service. And I'm so excited. Um, I haven't been around for a while. And um, it's always good to come to your family. You know, uh, Faith Hill family is my family in Johannesburg. It's always good to come to your family and find things are going well. I mean, uh, first service was full. Second service is full. And that's always exciting because that provides us with a new challenge to look for bigger and better premises. And so my prayer for you and Sean's prayer for you and Kingdom Light's prayer for you is that God's going to open a door of opportunity for you guys and that there will be bigger premises and better premises and you guys are going to go from, from, from one level to another level and you're going to stretch. Amen. Oh man, it's so awesome. What an awesome testimony in the um, first service of, of Designer Life. You know, the, um, yesterday at the um, welcoming the new believers, I was invited to uh, new believers, new new members. Sorry, not new believers. They're not new believers. They're new members um, to be here, and I, I so enjoyed it. And it's, it's also another sign of growth, and it's so good. And sitting, listening to their testimonies, and and watching what God is doing. Somebody asked the question. He said, "How many?" Um, outreaches have you got? And it was a good question and is a good question that we have to continue doing outreaches. And uh, where's the big, the big H? He is here somewhere. He, he answered so well. He said, he turned around and he said, you know, um, from, the, from the life groups and stuff, there is, but our whole life is outreach. Our entire life is outreach. So whatever we're doing is an outreach, you know, and, 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 um, the women get together in a conference, but it turns out to be an outreach. You, you know what I'm saying? Because out of that, people come to this church or people get, you know, visitors. Ladies take ladies' friends and they get saved. So our whole life is an outreach. And I'm so excited about the positivity that's going on in this church. Okay, so I'm going to 
take a couple of different scriptures, but I'm going to do the same route this morning. So are you ready? Okay, so go with me to Ephesians 3 as an intro scripture. Ephesians 3. And um, we, we look at Paul praying for the church from verse 14. He says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. Say, I'm part of a family. And I'm a son of God. That he would grant you, say me, according to the riches of his glory. That's what we're talking about this morning. Glory. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Say Christ in me. The hope of glory. Colossians 1, 26, 27, there about, okay. That he being rooted, that ye, that's you in King James words, okay. Being rooted and grounded in love. Say my foundation is the love of God. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and height. So he's talking about something, and we'll just, maybe I'll just throw it in. He's talking about something that is equal-sided which is a cube. So if the, the angel measures the heavenly city, when he men- measures the heavenly city, the heavenly city is length, breadth, height, depth, the same. When we talk about the triune God, we talk about Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But do you know that the Holy Spirit has come into you, and so you are now a temple. So you are the dwelling place of God. So there are now four people or four persons or four corners to this thing. No longer three. You are included in Father, Son, Holy Ghost and family of God. That you might get to know the cube, the perfect square, the perfectness of what it is to be family of God. All right. Because it doesn't say about love. That's why I'm looking at this. He says, and... So it's over and above this length, breadth, height of the same. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Say, above everything I can pray, think, or understand. The love of Christ. That that you might be filled. Are you ready with this? Man, you've got to read the word for every letter. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Can I stop there for a moment and say to you, God is intentional, therefore his family needs to be intentional. God is intentional in everything he did. When he created, he was intentional. When he formed man out of the dust, he was intentional. His intent to be your father is intentional. He didn't create you as a happenstance. He didn't put you and me on the earth and say, well, I'll look at them from time to time. He had an intent He was intentional. We're going to go to Genesis now. He said, come let us make man in our image and after our likeness. God wanted a family that looked like him, walked like him, talked like him, reacted like him. He was intentional to have a family and fill them with all his fullness. Come on, guys. That's exciting this morning. God wants to fill you and me with his fullness. Okay. Now listen to this. (sighs) Ah. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, 
abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Have you asked something that you could think? Okay, he, he says, I want to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Say it's working in me. Are you here? Are you ready? Unto him be glory in the church. Ah, there's a song that says, glory in the front. What? Glory in the street, glory in the house, glory in the front door, glory. <laughs> it's a song that Johann sings. You must get him to sing it when he comes again. <laughs> it's glory. But there's a glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So God has an intent to put glory in the church. Oh man, I'm so excited this morning. So here we go. Genesis 1, he says, let's make man after our image, according to our likeness. And then he goes into the process of bringing Adam up out of the dust, blowing in his nostrils, stands up a living soul. And God has an intent and he's going forward with his intent. Now there's two trees in the garden and he says to them, you may eat of all the trees in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Say good, good. And, evil. and evil. Say light, light. and darkness. darkness. Say life, life. and death. Say sweet and sour. Do you see the dualism? Do you see the conflicting opinions? There's a conflict. There's a conflicting thing going on in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. While man was looking at the tree of life and in the intent of God, he was a-okay. But then along comes the snake, the serpent, the deceiver, and says to him, did God say that you will surely die if you eat of this? He said, God said we will surely die. There's a whole story about Eve and Adam and who was tempted. And I'm not going to get into that. The ladies will not talk to me afterward. No. <laughs> anyway, there's a whole thing. Just, you know, the, the, the political spirit is this. The political spirit works on a question. Did he say? You know what she should have said? She should have said, hey, Adam, Hosa, come here, man. This guy's telling a story and I want to know if this story is true. You know what, if somebody says to you, so-and-so said, say, hang on a minute, let me just find my phone quickly, let me just find so-and-so, and then you phone so-and-so, and you say, um, I'm sitting with Tafara, and Tafara said, you said, can you just help? You hear what I'm saying? When, when, that's the quickest way to settle the question mark. The political spirit is a spirit of doubt and question marks, and then it becomes an a, a, an exclamation mark because then they turned around and said God did say God never said you know God said but not the way they were saying it God was saying eat of me you no need to eat of this and so the moment they when they were standing in the presence of the tree of life when they were walking in the garden with him they had no doubt there was no confusion there was no um, dualism there was no thing going on they were happy with it but the moment they ate of that tree a question mark arose oh I'm naked I'm ashamed. And there's all sorts of contradiction going on. And so from that moment, man actually fell from the presence of the Father into an, an orphan-hearted existence with questions. Am I able? Am I good enough? Am I, am I, have I got enough brains? Can I do this? And that 
is the start. Now we know if we fast forward that this morning and we run all the way to Jesus Christ and coming on the cross, it said he was crucified and he died for our sins and our trespasses. And so Galatians says, um, the, uh, uh, cursed is everyone that hangs upon a tree. And so therefore Jesus broke the curse of that first tree by dying on another tree. Okay, so actually in Christ, that orphan heartedness is gone because Galatians says, by the Spirit, we cry as children, as sons, Abba, Father. Are you with me? So the, that orphan heartedness should disappear, but there's something that still goes on that we need to understand that in the realm below the line, the flesh, the carnality realm, there's always going to be question marks. There's always going to be this thing. And we have to renew our mind from the conflict of the below realm into the spiritual realm where the singularity is to get in that solidness. That's why he says in Hebrews 1, looking away from all that will distract sin and cares unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. In Christ, it's done. It's finished. I am a child of God. I am more than a conqueror. I am what God says I am. So I can get that. But I have to press through sometimes the contradiction that there is in the below realm. Amen. We all have earthly parents. We're all born down here. But when I come to know the Lord, I'm born again. And everything that pertains to life and godliness has been given to me already. I have to just renew my mind to it. Okay, so if this here is a position called flesh, all right, and this here is my soul, and this is a position called spirit, the Bible says I have to renew my mind. My spirit is totally safe. There's nothing wrong with my spirit. But the Bible says my mind, which is my will and my intellect and emotions, is constantly being swayed by whichever thing is weighing the more heavier. So when I'm walking and constantly filling myself and my area of reference is flesh, carnality, this world, and what it's saying, I am going to be subject to dualistic point of views, good and evil. All right? So where Pastor T was reading this morning, it's a good example because mammon is of this realm. Everything I can buy, everything I can work for, everything I can earn. If I don't, I think that, you know what? I think you need to go and take the scriptures from the offering this morning. Go home and say, Holy Ghost, give me a revelation of what God said in Numbers, working back to, to, to Matthew. Because it says, Moses says to him, can I open, go and read some of the translations. He said, can I open a butcher shop in the middle of the wilderness? That's what he said. He said, do I now have to butcher all the cows and all the sheep and all the chickens that I brought with me out of Egypt? Will this, you see what he reverted to? He reverted to, can I, can't I, what am I going to do? He said, can I open a butcher shop in the wilderness to be able to butcher? God said, I am your supply and your security. I am your source and I don't get it from where you get it from. Oh, come on. 
Oh man, I, I had such an awesome. I, I'm in the second service, so I'm just going to have fun. Um, 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 uh, uh, I had such a service. You know that uh, it's the Second Corinthians, Second uh, Kings, or Second Chronicles seven, where he, um, uh, uh, who is it? Um, Elijah or Elisha talking to the king, and he said, "Tomorrow, around about this time, they they had no food. They were eating donkeys' heads and dove dung." Dove, dove dung and donkey's heads. That's all they had for food. And this one woman had killed her child. They'd eaten the child. How bad is that? And the other woman hid her child. And they cry out to the king on the wall. And they say, help us. And he said, where will I help you from? There's nothing in the storehouse. There's nothing over here. And he said, I don't know what to help you from. And he tore his clothes. And they saw that he was wearing sackcloth and ashes. He was fasting and praying. Because he didn't know how to take this. And the prophet comes to him and says, tomorrow, this time, there will be overflow. And the the adjutant who was the king rested on his arm for intelligent uh, uh, um, input. He said, if God, listen, if God can open windows of heaven, will it, oh man, it fits so well with that. Could God, if he opened windows from heaven, supply for this thing? And the prophet said, you will see it, but you will not partake of it. God did not open windows. He caused a sound to cause an army to run away. And then he used, <laughs> he used four lepers. I love the four lepers. They sit and looking at each other at sunset outside, dying of hunger. But they've got leprosy. And one said to the other one, why do we sit here till we die? I love that statement. Why do we sit here till we die? If we go into the city, we die. If we stay seated here, we die. But maybe if we go over to the camp, of, I don't know if God took the sound of their, you know, lepers wear, wear clothes, like, like cloths wrapped around them, wrapped around their feet, trying to keep themselves warm and together. And that because they were outside of the city and nobody wanted. I wonder if God didn't take the, those cloths. That were wrapped around. Have you ever seen a guy that lives on the street and he's just got cloths for clothes? I, I wonder if God didn't take that slough, 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 slough through the sand and put a massive sound system from heaven down by their feet. And it sounded like, and they sounded like horses. And those guys took off and ran. They got to the first tent. There was silver. There was gold. There was food. Who likes cars? I like cars. I have cars, but cars don't have me. Okay, so here's the thing. So, yeah, because some people, they have cars, but the cars have them. That's serving mammon. Okay, but any, anyway, so they, they get there. Hey, there's donkeys parked outside the tent. There's camels kneeling outside the tent. In, in, in Bible language, you know, a donkey is a bucky. And a camel is a bigger bucky. There were buckies and Mercedeses and stuff standing there with the keys in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
God didn't open windows. He just caused the sound. Chased the enemy away. When they went there, everything was waiting. They went into the first tent. They stuck enough stuff in their pockets and over their back. They went into the second tent. They started to bury the stuff. And then they realized, if we keep quiet about this good news, something worse will come upon us. We need to go and tell the story that God is my supply. God is my source. Open the windows. So it's no wonder. And God says in Malachi, he said, trust me, you're in. Say intent. God wants you to pray. Because his intent is not to leave you going, and never answer you, wasting your breath into the air. No, God's intent is to ask. And will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock. God's intent is to bless you. God's intent to save you was to save you. But not to save you halfway. Not to save you quarter way. Not to save you with a, with a little bit left. God's intent was to save you from the hairs of your head to the soles of your feet. Completely. Whoa. So God's intent was to put glory and fullness of himself in the church. So back, so here I'm in the world and I'm being conflicted. Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I able? Am I not? If I live from that position, I'm going to infect my soul with doubtful thoughts. So Matthew 6 in that same place says, it says in the 22nd verse, I think it says, If the eye be single, the whole body will be filled with light. You hear what it's saying? So if my eye, my direction is single, spiritually single, God is my supply and my source. His name is Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. I'm looking away from sin and cares to Jesus, the author and finisher. If my eye is single, my body cannot be helped. My soul is going to be convinced. It's going to be brought over into the realm of supernatural supply and God is going to open windows for me. But here in Mammon, it's, you know, maybe if I sold that car and bought that one and did that. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? So he says, if your eye be single, James puts it this way. He said, a double-minded man in the dualistic realm is unstable in all his way. He's not a faith man. A faith man is spiritual. A faith man is singular. A faith man sees God as supply. A double-minded man is, can God, will God, no, he can't, can he? So he's double-minded. That's a dualistic point of view. God says, renew your mind according to the word and the spirit that you come into a place where your soul leans over and is affected by a spiritual walk. And then you start to see the results of what you believe, okay? So let's jump to, uh, okay, so here they're in, the, they're in the garden. While they were looking at the tree of life, they were singular in their understanding. They were in the face of the Lord and they had no problems. They go over to eating of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. They become dualistic and they become variant in all their ways. Okay, so when we get to a place in the word where we see what God wants from us or wants for us. Okay, so let's just do this quickly. I, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But the life that I, Christ lives in me. You heard the Ephesians. Christ in Christ is singular. It's, it's, it's a, a single place, all right? 
So, when, okay, so we're doing this. Many people say this. Uh, God died for me, therefore I must live for him. That's going to get you into trouble. Because you cannot live for him the way you, it's God died as me. So that he can live as me or live through me. That, that's the singular point of view, all right? So, if I'm standing at the robot, the traffic light, seeing as we're getting people from America and, and, and other places soon, you know, we say robot, they go, wait, wait. No, no, no. Standing at the traffic light and a guy bumps into my car and it's brand new, it's not even a day old and I'm really upset with him. I might lose all my marbles, throw all my toys out the car and call him a bunch of names. When I get home, I go, oh, Lord Jesus, I dropped you today. I'm trying to live as you and I didn't do it. Your condition in that moment is not your position. Your state in that moment is not your status. Second Corinthians 5.17 He who knew no sin was made sin for us that we might be the righteousness of God. Not the righteousness of your blessed pastor T. Not the righteousness of T.D. Jakes. Not the righteousness of Benny Hinn. The right standing position of God with God. As God. Oh, it gets rough now. Because if you start reading Romans and you start reading all of Romans and you take every Hebrew and every Greek text that you can and mix it all in, you're going to get to a salvation that is so far above what you and I actually believe because this is what we believe. We believe according to performance. And God believes according, God treats us according to faith. And we've got to believe according to what he says. He said, I took care of it. You're not serving a God that is, that, that is still mad at you, but because of the blood of Jesus, he can't react. So Jesus is saying, my blood, Lord. You know, no, and he's continually interceding for you with his blood. No, 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 no. It's done. It's finished. The anger of God, the wrath of God was taken care once and for all on the cross. And the gavel fell on in the courtroom that day. And he said, I now pronounce you according to the offering of Jesus. Not guilty. So the greatest renewal of mind that I need to have and start with is my right standing. My godly righteousness needs to be reminded into me so that I can stand in the true position of what God wants for me in the earth. Stephen is... uh, before he's martyred, he's standing preaching to a Pharisaical crowd. And he's telling them the whole history of Israel with the intent of showing them Jesus. They get so mad, they get up and they're about to stone him. The Bible says his face started to shine like that of an angel. And then he said, I see the heavens open. And I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And they went crazy and they stoned him. Because Jesus stood to salute the fact that Stephen knew his position. He was praying the same prayer that Jesus prayed. He said, do not lay 
the charge to them. Guys, I believe we're entering into a time when the church will literally be radiant. That there will be a radiance in the church that you will, it might not appear to people like you're really shining. But when they're in your presence, the radiance of your life will be unto them as shining. There will be light in the world. You will be that light. And there will be glory in the church. Man, okay. So Isaiah in Isaiah 6 is caught up. He's in a heavenly caught upness. He's walking around in heavenly places. And the angel shows him the, 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 the angels flying. He said, in the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. He's trained for the temple. And the angels flew about him saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And they're flying around his throne. Every time they look at him, they see a different facet of his goodness. They see for, for years, for, for eons, they've been doing the same thing. And they'll never stop because God is immeasurable. And Isaiah looks and he's really, he feels really condemned. He says, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. What is the production of lips of an unclean heart? He says, because out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. So my heart has got to be convinced, that's where I'm going, of righteousness so that my mouth can speak. I am the righteousness of God. I have to be able to look in the mirror and say, you righteous thing, you. <laughs> and so he's flying around. And he says, and the, the, the temple began to shake and there was like an earthquake. And he said, and the cloud fell and the glory came. And, and the, the, the Lord said, my glory will fill all the earth. When Moses, um, uh, when God wants to destroy the people because of their moanings and their groanings, he says, stand one side, let me build another people out of you. I'm tired of these people. Moses stands in the face of an angry God. He says, you cannot do this. He says, because then the enemies of your people will say, you were not able to bring them in the promised land. How does a man stand in the presence of a holy God in his anger and say, you can't do this? Because God had put him in the cleft of the rock and showed him his direction of travel and said, I'm going to the cross for the world. And so he took him on his stance. He took him on his righteousness. And God said, I will repent on the words of man this one time. But as surely as I live, he swore by himself, the whole earth will be filled with my glory. You are the glory containers. You are the, the, the earthen vessels filled with the glory of God that is going to go through in the cracks of the earthen vessel. It's all right for the cracks because out of the inside of you, through the cracks of your fallibility, God's going to be shining. Come on. And so we get, to the, we get to the Ezekiel part, which you sang about, which you worship leader sang about. He said, the river, okay, the throne room. He's walking around the outside in his vision. Isaiah's on the inside. He's walking around the outside and he gets to the door. And there's been a shaking going on. <laughs> We're living in the time of shaking. Because God's busy shaking off all the things that are of natural and passing origin. So that the things that are eternal can stand in your and my life. And he sees this river. And you think about it. River, knee deep, ankle deep, knee deep, hip deep. Rivers to swim in. But where does the waters of the river come from? From the throne. From the very throne of God. So it's filled with authority. 
So when you swim in that river and you drink of that river, guess what? Authority is going to flow out of your life automatically because you're drinking from a river that's origin is throne room activity. The last day says, God, I'm going to put my mountain above every other mountain. He says it in Isaiah 2.2. He says it in Micah. He says, I'm going to put my existence above every other thing. Um, your, your boss was here this morning. I really wanted to give her a word, but I'm going to give it to you. Just say to her, she was in this meeting this morning for a reason and a purpose. God wanted to show her and in a vision format that, that there is much more than, than what she perceived. And she was, she was exposed to it this morning. And in the exposure of it, like Moses was exposed to the glory, but it was fading, she was exposed to an eternal glory that continues growing. She was exposed to it. And that exposure is going to change her very existence. It's going to change everything about her. Okay, so, uh, so rivers to swim in. It's time for throne room, account, uh, uh, throne room encounters with a God of intent who has never changed his intent about you, but always and forever has wanted. I know the thoughts I think of you, says God. Intentional thoughts of blessing. My translation, okay? This is okay, Dave translation, 2020. Okay. <laughs> are, are you getting this this morning? God's intention with you, you need to be intentional with Him and understand what God is doing. So, let's read the scripture and shout. <laughs> Don't you, the word crazy, the word is so, oh, I, I like doing this. Woo, this word is awesome. The word gets more exciting every day. Hebrews 1. Here's, are you ready? Bump the guy next to you. Say, don't sleep now. Is there anybody sleeping? Don't sleep now. Don't sleep now. Get your ever ready out. Get your, 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 your Duracell out right now. Are you ready? Hebrews 1 verse 3. You ready for this? This is going to be awesome. Woo. He, Jesus, it's talking about him. You can go and read from verse 1 at home. He is the soul expression of of the glory of God. Who? You know, people think Adam had glory. Adam didn't have glory. The glory was destined for you and for me out of Christ. Because if you read 2 Corinthians 3, if you read 2 Corinthians 4, in the light of the glorious gospel, the gospel has glory in it. You heard about it this morning. Whew. The anointing allows me to preach. But if I preach long enough under the anointing, the glory will come. And when the glory comes, anointing breaks the yoke. Anointing hits people. But when you preach the true gospel, the only gospel that Paul was preaching about, he said there are other gospels, but they're not really gospel. When you teach the true gospel, he said, I'm not ashamed. I'll never stand ashamed by the power of the gospel because it's the power of God. When you preach that, people get healed without even realizing. When you start teaching at that level, people start getting out of wheelchairs without you touching them. When you preach that, people walk into the shadow and something happens. God wants the glory to come back into the church. Now I'm excited. Now, you, now the watch is gone. Okay, so... He is the sole expression of the glory. So the sole expression of the glory came to earth with that glory so that he can live in you so you can be filled with that sole expression of glory. 
Christ in me the hope of achieving that kind of glory. Everybody wants to jump in a rapture bus and go home. I've got nothing against that. But you know what? Before we do, we've got to have an earth that's filled with glory. The earth has to be filled with... There are too many Chinese and Japanese and, and, and every other cheese. No, I, I, that needs to be saved. Come on, church. You are, the sal- you, are, you are God's instrumentation to salvation. And through you, they're going to see glory. They're going to experience glory. They're going to be exposed to like that. Boss of us this morning. You know, if I open a canister of atomic waste or atomic material here... I can open it, you can't see it. And I can say, woo. And then I can close it again. You can go home and say, I wasn't in that service. And no, no contamination got on me. I wasn't touched. Nothing was put on me. But it's too late. <laughs> You've already been exposed to it. And so I'm saying to you this morning, you, it's too late. You were in a service where the glory was really. You were in a service. And not just this service. Every service this pastor preaches where he preaches the truth, you're exposed to the goodness of God. You, I forgot that scripture. There comes John walking. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, Jesus walking. John's in the baptismal pool. He gets a vision from God. He said, there's the Lamb of God that takes away. Away. Say away. away. Wave goodbye to it. Say away. The sins of the world. They don't know it yet, but their sins have been taken care of. They've got to show up and collect their prize. Listen, he is the sole expression of the glory of God. The light being and the outraying of the radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint, the very image of God's nature. Upholding, maintaining, guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. Oh, man, you're so fortunate to be in Faith Hill Church. Dalian preaches it. Tafara preaches it. Every other pastor in the church that's been here has preached the power of his word in your mouth. That same power, listen here, it guides, it propels, it maintains the very universe. When he had by offering himself accomplished, say past tense, Say our, say my, cleansing of sins. I'm free. You need to sing every redemptive scripture right now. Let the blind say I can see. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the redeemed who have been set free from their sin say so. I'm free, free, free. Christ has set me free. Once I was blind, now I can see. I am truly free. <laughs> You've got to be able to stand in the mirror and look at yourself and say, Hey, you righteous thing, you. You are forgiven. You are free. Ah, hallelujah. And the riddance of guilt. That word there, riddance, is a very high English word for getting rid of my guilt. Not guilty. Uh, He sat down on the right hand of the divine majesty on high. Whoa. You see, I ran out of time again, man. Are you hearing this morning? Are you hearing this morning the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the design? So, 
If you're unsure this morning, if this is ready for you, let me take you now, in this moment, to Jesus in John 17. He's about to leave the earth and he's praying for the church. He's saying, Lord, let them be one with me as I was one with you. Lord, he's praying for the church. And he said, Father, the glory that I have, that you have given me, let them have this glory. one of you could stay bound we're talking about the son of almighty God we're talking about the risen saviour if he walked into this place this morning the fullness of his authority which one of you could stay heartbroken none of you because of the fullness of him that fills all in all and his desire to give that type of praise intention to his church said the glory that I have with the Father I want them to have it too I want them to have that presence I want them to have that oneness I want them to walk in that victory the only thing that's keeping you and me from walking in that is a position of orphan heartedness that still speaks to us though we are saved for years I'm talking to you it's me talking to you 30 years plus being God's child and still fighting a warfare in my mind with contradiction and condemnation and open-heartedness out of a dualistic realm of the knowledge of a tree of good and evil that Christ took care of on the cross, destroyed it completely. Therefore he says, what is man that you consider him? The, the son of man that you visit him. For you have put everything under his feet. But we do not. You have crowned him. You have crowned him with honor and glory. You made him little lower than God himself. You put everything under his feet. But we do not yet see everything under him. But we see Jesus. And everything is under his feet. So come over here. Get into the mirror of the glorious gospel of which I'm not ashamed for it's the very power of God unto salvation and here what your state is not your state your status not your condition your position I'm the righteousness of God I'm forgiven I'm set free I'm anointed I know the thoughts that I have for you I'm intentional I wanted you to make you a son and son means daughter as well Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.
That's who 